0: It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello everyone and welcome to Doing Good. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. And today, I am so excited to have on the podcast, Amber Brzezinski. You might know her from Biceps After Babies is her tag on Instagram. She is a registered nurse, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Her business, Biceps After Babies, focuses on empowering women to achieve by equipping them with the tools to work for the body they want while loving the body they have. She is a goal-setting girl boss who can't imagine a world without chocolate and peanut butter, preferably combined, and (laughs) who firmly believes women have everything they need to succeed already inside of them. I love that thought, Amber, that we have everything we need to succeed already inside of us. First of all, thank you so much for coming on Doing Good today. Yes, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited about our conversation. I am too. So tell me about that. What made you... Believe, or 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 what what made you come up with that line? That okay, we have everything we need to succeed. Have you always thought that, or is this something that you have learned over time?
1: Yeah. So I I started my my company um, and my business Biceps After Babies about five years ago, and I would say that that vision um, and understanding has evolved and shifted as I've worked with so many women over the years and started to realize this um, pattern of women going outside of themselves for answers and we do this a lot, right? Like we, (laughs) we need help with parenting. And so we go to Google or we need help with uh, our fitness. And so we hire a fitness coach who's going to tell us what to do. And um, we tend to go outside of ourselves thinking that other people have the best answers for us. And what I found over time, especially in the realm of fitness is that, um, I don't tell you that doesn't work long-term, right? Like somebody can tell you what to do for a while and you can follow it and, and hold on for a while and white knuckle it. But in the end you end up, uh, tossing in the towel because it doesn't fit you. It doesn't fit your lifestyle. It doesn't fit your goals. And so what I've really recognized with women, especially because that's who I work with is that instead of going outside of yourself for answers, realizing that you have all the answers inside of you, that you just have to get better at tapping into that is really an empowering place to be. And so my role as a coach is not to tell you what to do. That's not my role. That's not my job. My job is to help you to ask yourself better questions so that you can tap into the answers that are already inside of you. And the truth is that a lot of women are going around asking themselves really crappy questions and so they get really crappy answers. And as yeah. you can start to ask yourself better questions, those those understanding that knowledge, that truth that's already inside of you is able to come out and it's able to bless your life and the life of others. Um, and so that is something that I believe so strongly. And there's nothing I love more than having a woman come into the program that I coach in and um, ask all of these questions. And by the end of the program, leave, not asking somebody else a question, but being able to ask herself better questions and tap into those answers that she has inside of herself.
0: So that is an incredible thought because I am all about going to other people and saying, what should I do about my kids? What should I do about my fitness? And is it macros or intuitive eating? Is it this or is it that? Cause I'm like, I don't know, but you're mm-hmm. saying, no, you actually do. You just need mm-hmm. to ask yourself. So how do you do that? And how do we know what questions we need to be asking ourselves? Yeah. So the first thing that you
1: can take stock of, and, and obviously like, there's multiple areas of our life where we have church, we have home, we have kids, we have school, we have, fitness, like there's lots of areas of our life, but I would, but I would ask you the first question I would ask yourself is where are things not working? Right. Where are things not working in my life? And that's a place where you can start to ask yourself better questions. So if you feel like things aren't working in my fitness journey, it's, you're probably not asking yourself very good questions. Um, which is okay. That that's something that you can learn how to do. Uh, and part of learning how to do that is I think being coached on how to ask yourself better questions not being coached on how to count macros not being coached on how to lift weights but being coached on how to ask yourself better questions now i'm not saying that like we don't need to go to experts and we don't need to learn from other people there's absolutely things that we need to learn and we can learn and we should learn because Everybody has different gifts and talents. However, right. the problem comes when you give all of your power over to that guru or you give all your power over to that expert and think that they have all of the answers because if you think somebody else has all the answers, then you need them forever. And That's true. And eventually, like, don't you want to be able to do it on your own? Don't you want to be able to parent your children on your own? That guru is not going to be there in that moment. And so right. how can you start to... Um, incorporate what they're teaching you and into your own lifestyle and how you're you know, exhibiting it.
0: And so if we ask ourselves these questions, will we, do you feel like, okay, then you'll be led to the people that will help you or, or you'll be led to the answers that will you know, help you? Or is it, is it that kind of process? Like, okay, where's this not working? Oh, it's not working in this area. Okay. Well maybe I should look into this more or is it more like, you'll just be able to kind of figure it out on your own a little bit, of, a little bit of both.
1: Um, honestly, um, I, I would say that, so look, I want to ground this in something that like feels really tangible to people. So we're not talking these ethereal concepts of like, Let's do it. what are, what are good questions? What are bad questions? Yes. Give me a real um, life example. So a really good example is, um, a question that starts with why. So okay. that is why is typically not a really great question. So, so that would look like, why is this happening to me? Why is this so hard? Why doesn't it work? Like those are not great questions. When you ask yourself your question, why is this hard? Like what kind of answers do you get? You get crappy answers. Oh, this sucks. I can't, I can't do it. I'm a failure. Like it's not gonna work. Those are like the answers that you're going to get. Instead, if you can start to ask yourself, for example, like a how question, right? Uh Instead of of like, why isn't this working? The question becomes, how could I make this work? And when you ask yourself, how could I make this work? Your brain gets to work finding that answer. And not that it's going to be like initial, like, you'll know all of the answers right then, but you can already start to see that as you're listening to this, thinking about that question of why is this hard, that leads you down one path of instead of how can I make this easier, leads you down a completely different path. Totally. Um, and so just, just like asking yourself, like just it, it, not using why in the questions you're asking is already yes. like a really great step of changing that why to a how question. Um, and as you ask how questions, your brain is smart. Like we, we have a lot of knowledge. We And more importantly, Carmen, like you, you are the only person that knows you and you have a unique situation right like you you know your children better than every anybody else right. you know your body better than every anybody else right. you know your time requirements better than anybody else and so when you can start you ask yourself the question how can i make this easier how can i make this work the
0: answer you get is going to fit
1: you I it's going to fit your that. lifestyle oh
0: yeah. that, honestly that makes so much sense to me to ask your and it and it's so it is empowering to think mm-hmm. I don't have to, because I do that a lot. Sometimes I feel like, um, and I've said this before on the podcast, I get almost frozen with Mm decision-making and there, because there are so many different choices we could make with all aspects of how we organize our home, what we eat, Mm -hmm. how we eat, how we exercise. It gets very overwhelming Mm -hmm. for me and I get like decision fatigue. And then I feel Mm -hmm. like I can't make any decisions, but this is empowering to be like, no, I am capable of making these Mm -hmm. and the power is, is within me. And I would even say, and I'm sure you would agree with heavenly father, like uh, together that he will help us and lead us and tell us what we need to do. And we don't need to be focusing on other people or counting on their wisdom to guide us. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think if, you know, relating it to spiritual things as well, that like when you ask a really good question to heavenly father, the spirit is able to prompt you in a new way. Like, again, if you're asking the question of like, heavenly father, why is this happening? Yeah. How is that like, how is he going to respond to that differently than if you say, what do I need to learn from this? Or how can I learn from this? Right. Then the spirit can prompt yes. you in a different way, in a more empowering way. That's going to actually take you the way you want to go. And I would say too, something that along the lines of what you were saying with decision fatigue, um, this is something I coach a ton in, in, in my programs, and in my coaching, because um, that is a very real experience that a lot of women have in fitness is they feel like they're going to make the wrong decision. Right, and so they have all of these decisions, and they're like, But what if I make the wrong one? And so, the consequence of that is they end up making zero decisions exactly. (laughs) And we can see that that's not going to get you where you want (laughs) to go, of course not. Right, and so I teach a lot this concept that action creates clarity, and that so often we're waiting for that clarity before we take action, like, Heavenly Father, let me know what I need to do, and then I'll take action, but that's backwards. Right. Your action, whatever you take, whether it's like right or wrong, what, like whatever you choose, it is the thing that is going to create the clarity. It's going to give you the contrast of, oh, yeah, like this is the path. This is a really good path, or this is not a very good path. And I, and now I have that clarity and I know that and I can go down a new path. And so I love teaching about that because so many women do get stuck in not making a decision, which in and of itself is a decision.
0: Yes. I love that. And I love that you said that action creates clarity. It's so true that if we so many times I'll make a list of everything I need to do. And then I'm like, okay, but what do I need to do first? Well, I need to take out the laundry, but I can't do that until I wash this load first, but I can't do that because this one I have to, okay. And then I have, and I go, well, now Mm -hmm. I can't do anything because all these things need to be done. And my husband walk in, he'll be like, Carmen, just start, (laughs) like just do. And for him, it's, it's, it's easier. And I, Mm -hmm. I my husband, I look up to him so much. I just think he he's just my even keel. I'm like up and down and dramatic and creative, which has served me in a lot of ways in my life to be that way. Mm -hmm. But he's like my even keel, like steady Eddie. And he'll be like, babe, just how come you don't just start? And I'm like, sometimes I feel like I literally can't, like, I don't know. But, but when I do just, okay, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to do the dishes because it doesn't help me. It doesn't help any of us just to be sitting there, not doing anything. I'm like, well, at least I'll be doing something, even if it's not what I'm supposed to be doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's funny every time I just kind of, okay, literally get my body moving. Mm-hmm. It does become more clear like, Oh, this is not as, this is not as overwhelming as I thought because I'm yeah. doing it. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> good. So Amber, tell me how this all got started for you. Tell me about your journey and mm-hmm. creating your business and empowering yourself first to be able to empower other women.
1: Yeah. So, um, this really, this whole journey, my business coaching, everything started because of a new year's resolution. And so I think there's like, people like to make fun of new year's resolutions. Um, but there is a lot of power, like there can be a lot of power in setting a new year's resolution. And it can, for me, it changed the trajectory of my life. Um, in 2016, I set a goal to get a six pack. That was my new year's resolution. And, um, (laughs) I came from teaching fitness classes. Like I, I've I started lifting weights at at 14. My mom took me to the weight room. I had a mother who uh, showed me that women should and can lift weights from a very young age. And I'm super grateful that I had that experience. But, um, so I, I had worked out, lifted weights for a very long time, but I felt like I had gotten to this plateau of like, I put in a lot of effort in the gym and like nothing ever really changed. Okay. so in 2016, I was like, I'm going to get a six pack. I've never had a six pack. I work out all the time.
0: I want to do this.
1: And And had you had children. Have yes, you had, had kids. four okay.
0: Four. Kids. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your tummy um, was stretched and all the mom stuff. We, oh, okay. Yeah. We went through four vaginal pregnancies. Like, okay.
1: Um, but I was like, I want to get a six pack. And I knew that for me that the um the linchpin was my nutrition and I had never really paid attention to it. And so that's kind of it's when I found macro counting was like, I'm a I'm a nurse, I'm an RN. And scientifically it made sense to me. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And um, I went to work and eight weeks later, like boom, I had a six pack, like that, you know, eight <laughs> weeks later. Eight weeks later. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> so again, I'm coming from a, like a certain a certain level of like already having worked out six to seven days a week it, coming into that process. So, but for me, it was like the first time that I was able to uh, like change my aesthetic, like very intentionally. And, and, and in I know that's such this, a short period of time, such a, right? Because it, like, when I got my nutrition on board, it made all the difference. Like that was wow. like the missing piece for me. And so that seems like a silly, it, it can seem like a silly example, like a silly goal, like really, what is like do, having a six pack do for your body? But what that process taught me was that there was like key pieces that were missing in my journey. That when I put, imp, implemented them, they made all of the difference. And wow. so during that time, I started a fitness Instagram account not as a business, just as like a, like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what's working for me. Um, and here's kind of documenting my journey and people just started asking me to help them. And so it was this very natural, like organic of like, people seeing my progress and my journey and being like, can you help me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll coach you. And like, that is where my business started. Um, and it's over the years it has, it, I did not go into this like trying to start a business, but it has grown organically and as you get people results then they come back and they share it with their friends and i've been able to build this business um and over time i definitely have shifted as a coach i definitely have matured as a coach in my my philosophy and how i coach women through this process um and for a lot of my clients will tell you I do teach macro counting because scientifically that works. Like if you look at the science like that, that works. Um, however, I approach macro counting from a very different perspective than a lot of coaches in that I am helping you to customize it to yourself. And so that's where we get into asking yourself better questions uh, okay. because your program is, not going to look like anybody else's because it needs to be customized to you, your body, your goals, and your lifestyle. And that's going to be unique. And so when you try to start fitting yourself into somebody else's diet, it doesn't, that's why it doesn't work long time, long term, because keto wasn't like created for you. It wasn't created for you. Like none of these were actually created for your body. And so what you need is a customized plan. And that's what I teach women is how to do that.
0: So customize as in like our numbers. So for those obviously who, for Mm -hmm. those who don't know macro counting, it's basically your carbs, your protein, and your fat. You eat a certain percentage every day. And Mm -hmm. when those are balanced, we'll be able to basically achieve optimal health to stay in a healthy weight, um, to have healthy mental health, physical health, emotional health. Um, mostly I found. It's higher protein a lot Mm -hmm. of the times, and then with it, you know, a balance between the carbs and the fats. But when I first started doing this, and I've 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 done it for like three weeks here, two weeks there, (laughs) I haven't been consistent. But I realized, oh my gosh, I eat no protein. Like, I mean, I I eat a lot, but my numbers were like it was like 98 grams of protein. I'm like, how in the heck am I supposed Mm -hmm. to eat that much protein in a day? Mm -hmm. So when you say, would you customize it to somebody? Do you mean by the numbers, or what do you mean by that?
1: So initially, yes, we're talking about like setting some starting macros that are customized to your body and what you're trying to achieve. But okay. more, more important than that, there's two things. One is customizing it over time based on the feedback from your body. Okay. So what a lot of women do is they start a diet and they follow the diet. And then if it stops working, they don't know where to go from there. Like if you're, you're already right. eating clean and nothing's happening, like how, how do you eat cleaner? <laughs> like you can't. Right. So so what the beautiful part of macro counting is is that you can customize it over time based off of the feedback and results that your body are giving you. Does so it change?
0: Do, oh sorry, keep going. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what I teach my clients to do is instead of being a dieter where we look at rules and like i have to hit these macros and if i don't hit these macros then it's bad yeah. i call that the macro dieter and that's where a lot of women come to me or like they they're just taking macro counting and turning it into a diet of like
0: that's like how i did it yes yes
1: so many women do that and they're like if i don't hit these numbers then well i've screwed up today and i'm never going to yep. get the results i want yep. um and that's where a lot of women come to me in in that mindset um and so one of the big shifts that i make is helping coach them from being a macro dieter to being a macro scientist. A macro scientist is one who is able to take an action, receive the feedback and results from their body and adjust the the actions that they take in the future based off of it. And so we start to look at your body almost as like an experiment of like, Hey, I'm going to try these things and I'm going to see how my body responds to it. And based off of that feedback, I'm gonna get, like adjust things to be able to work better for me. And Got so you know, we start with like starting macros, but the most important thing is that customization that happens over time based off of how your body is responding. Um, and that's such a valuable process for women to go through because instead of letting emotion drive the yeah. bus, we're letting facts and logic and science drive the bus. And we're able to pull that emotion out of it. Like a scientist doesn't look at their experiment and if their experiment doesn't work, they don't like cry and throw up their hands and say, Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. Like I'm never yeah. going to be able to set see this like, they're like, Oh no, the experiment didn't work. I'm going to take that feedback and I'm going to apply it. And that's what I teach women how to do. And it's such a powerful place to be in your journey.
0: That is a powerful place, but you maybe have to be patient while you figure out the exact yeah. formula.
1: Yeah. And, and, and another thing that is really important is again, so many women come into macro counting and they've they've experienced diet in the past. And so it's this right or wrong, like it's right to hit your protein. It's not wrong to not, it's right to hit your numbers. It's wrong to go over. Um, and so one of the things that I coach a lot of women through is how can you fit macro counting into your life rather than taking your life and fitting it into macro counting. I love that. So for somebody who comes to me and is like, I can't eat that much protein, then your lifestyle, like this has to work for you and your lifestyle. So instead of fitting you into the numbers, we adjust the numbers to fit you and still be able to drive the result that you want.
0: I was gonna ask if you would still get that result.
1: Yes, so again, it's a science experiment. And so what we can do is, let's say for example, somebody's having trouble hitting higher protein. Awesome, like we're gonna lower the protein because having it be achievable is the only way to have it be optimal. Like if we can't achieve it consistently, we're not going to ever be able to get to optimal. So we'll lower their protein and we can see how their body responds to that. And if we're not responding, if they're not responding, then we can have the conversation of like, what's more important to you right now? Is it more important to you to like have that lower protein or is it more important for you to get the results? So now based off of the feedback, you're able to customize it to yourself over time. And that is the place that I want all women to be able to get to. And it's why your journey is going to look different from anybody else. And why we get to this place where you get to make decisions based off of knowledge. Remember when we talked about earlier in the episode, action creates clarity? Yes. When these women have taken action and they see the result that they're able to get, then they can weigh the cost benefit analysis of taking a new action in the future. And I'm really big with my clients. Like at some point, you may get to the point where the cost associated with the result that you want is not worth it to you. And now you can stand in a really empowered place to say like, it's not worth it to me to eat 140 grams of protein to get the result. But that's you
0: making a decision,
1: not someone making a decision for you.
0: Got it. And so is this something that's ever changing or do you get to a point where you're like, I've dialed it in, I know what works, I can go forward now like the rest of my life with this thing?
1: Absolutely. And that's where I want women to be able to get to is when you are in that, when you have become the scientist and you've become a master and an under uh, able to read your body and like more intimate with your body and how it responds, then you, yeah, you can, you can do, you can hit any goal that you want. The truth is you're eating macros, whether or not you count them. Yeah, right. True. Like th- you're eating them anyway. So we might as well be intentional about eating them to be able to help drive the result that we want. But I love 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 being able to coach women through the next steps because a lot of women come into me for fat loss. Yeah, and I can help them with that. But what I love is being able to get them to the next steps, which for a lot of women is eating intentionally at maintenance. Most women don't ever eat intentionally at maintenance. It's either you're in a diet or you're like not caring. And so eating intentionally at maintenance, being able to go into a building cycle where your focus is now not on aesthetics, but on building strength and building muscle. But during all of those phases, as the macro scientist, you will have the tools to be able to customize your nutrition to whatever your goal is that you're trying to hit.
0: So what, tell me what the point of all of this is, Amber, like for people that are like, why should I even care about macros or why should I care about what I'm eating or how? Like, yes, it makes for a beautiful body aesthetically Mm -hmm. and, and whatever that looks like to you. If you want to be skinny or strong, have a six pack or, or feel more lean, what is the point of this? Does it affect more than just your physical aesthetics? Is this more about yeah. mental and spiritual health as well? Are those related? It's That's an
1: excellent question. So I would say that macro counting is, is going to be a really good next step for anybody who has a physical goal that they have not yet met, whether that's weight loss, whether that's gaining muscle, whether that's gaining strength, whether that's getting a 200 pound squat, like whatever it is, if you have a physical goal that you have not yet met, that's whether that's running a marathon, like Getting your nutrition to support whatever physical goal you have set is very, very valuable. Now, I would say in the way that I coach macros, that there is a huge mental component. And that's what women come out of the program saying is like, yeah, I came for like the macro counting, but I left with like this understanding of how to ask myself better questions of how to be empowered in my journey. And that translates over to other areas of your life. So I'm a huge believer of setting big audacious goals and that the power in setting big audacious goals is not whether or not you hit them, but who you become in the process of reaching for them. Oh, I love that. So a lot of times women will say, they'll ask me, is this realistic? Like, can I actually yeah. achieve this? And I will say back to them, I don't know. And I don't really care because whether or not you hit that goal, it, like that doesn't really matter, but are you going to have to become a different person in the process of reaching for that? that's, that's the value of setting big goals. And it's one of the reasons why fitness is such a great place to practice this. Yes. Because we can set very concrete, measurable, like goals, but who you become in the process of reaching for them, that's what really matters. And that's, what's going to bleed out into other areas of your life. And so my goal is always, I say, I coach women through fitness, but it's not really about fitness. It's about giving you those tools that then you're going to apply to your parenting that then you're going to apply to like serving your community, that then you're going to apply to your relationships. Um, and so that process, who you become, stays with you after the process of reaching for a goal.
0: I love that so much. My sister is actually Camille. Her name's Camille. She's the one that introduced me to you. And I follow lots of, you know, awesome fitness coaches on Instagram and, and macro counting. And there's some amazing women on there. But what I do love so much about you is that it, it is more than just about, like you said, how you look and you know what your goals are physically. It's changing your mindset and, and changing who you are. And I love that, especially geared toward women because you are a woman. So like, mm-hmm. you know, our bodies mm-hmm. <laughs> better than, I mean, not saying that there's amazing men that are great coaches as well, but because you've had babies and mm-hmm. and I don't know if you had diastasis recti I do mm-hmm. and so for me thinking about how in the world will I, I ever have a six pack my muscles are literally totally separated and will mm-hmm. never so okay so for someone like me that's mm-hmm. had babies and that's all stretched out and that is you know and I run half marathons I I I work out I feel like I'm a pretty fit person but my body is like nah, we're not going to look that way. We're not <laughs> going to look like We tried to get that way after the last three kids, after the fourth one, we just, I'm giving up. You can just look kind of pregnant now forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So for me, it's like, dang it. And so I've, I've done, you know, the macro counting and whatever, and I've been really discouraged, but I haven't, I, I haven't stuck with it for more than a month at a yeah. time. But for me, it was about like, okay, hitting the numbers. So what would you tell someone like me that first of all, maybe is nervous about getting started because I like my ice cream at night and I like eating lasagna and things like that. And is it worth that hard journey? Like, is it worth it? I mean, of course it is, but it's kind of daunting to think I'm going to have to be hungry for a while. I'm going to have to deprive myself for a while. Tell me why the results are worth it.
1: Yeah, well, I think the results aren't always worth it. And I think that's why we need to ask ourselves questions about what the cost benefit is. Like I help clients to be able to do a cost benefit analysis of like, what is your goal? What is that going to offer you? And is that worth the sacrifices that you're going to have to make? And sometimes it is. And sometimes it isn't. So I think Nobody should ever go into hitting a goal because they feel forced to, or that they have to, like, it is always a choice to be able to reach for a goal. So that's the first thing that I would say is like, you need to do a cost benefit. And, and for some women, it's like, in order to lose five pounds, I would have to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm just not willing to do X, Y, and Z. So therefore I'm not going to lose the five pounds, but that's a place that you're making that from an empowered decision rather than life happening to you. It's like, I get to choose that. It's not worth it to me. Right. So that, that is the first thing that I would say, the second thing that I would say, and this comes back to our conversation around goals, teaching about goals is one of my very favorite things to teach on. Because I think we have a lot of bad teaching about goals growing up and uh, it doesn't serve us well in our journey. So one of the big things that I think is really important about goals is the meaning that we've created around them. Okay. So a lot of women don't want to set goals that they don't think that they can achieve because right. they've created meaning around what it will mean if they don't achieve it. So if you set a goal to get a six pack and you don't do it, you don't get it, then likely you have some sort of meaning that you've created. That means I'll never do it. That means I'm not good enough. That means I'll never look like her. That like whatever, we've created yep. this meaning, which when we do that, we then don't want to set the goal. Right. Because then what happens if you fail, then it's going to mean all of these things. Right. And when we can shift our perspective, again, I think goals are important. I, I encourage people to set really crazy, outrageous goals. But we are able to detach from whether or not we reach it and focus on who we become in the process right so if you right. set a goal to lose 10 pounds and you're going to start macro counting if your focus is only on i am successful if i hit my 10 pounds and i'm i failed if i don't hit my 10 pounds yeah. then you're going to self sabotage your way to that because we don't want that failure to mean something about us right and so instead if you're setting the goal to get a six pack and but your focus is on your development your growth through the process, and that is the win for you, then it doesn't matter whether or not you hit the actual goal because you grew as a person over that process of reaching for it. And so I would rather you set a goal that you don't achieve and grow more during that process than set a more realistic goal that you don't have to stretch yourself to be able to achieve.
0: Interesting. And so you don't think that it's... it you know, is an, an, it's negative. It's like a negative effect of, okay, I I didn't hit that goal. It's, it's negative for us, you know, mentally, if we think, look, I didn't do it. You think that it's, you can look back and say, but look at what I did do. I lost eight pounds or I lost six pounds. And now I'm, I'm making more healthy decisions when I reach for food that that's more important than no, the end goal, you know, because some people would say, set smaller, realistic goals. So then mentally you're like, look, I achieved this. I, am going to lose three pounds that that mentally is better for you. What would you say to that?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. So again, I love teaching goal setting. Um, and I teach that there are two types of goals. There is the outcome goal, which is the big crazy goal that you're reaching for. And that is different than process goals. Oh, so interesting. Process okay. goals are the goals that you set along the way that will get you to reach the outcome goal. The
0: outcome goal. Okay. The outcome goal
1: is not within your control. Whether or not you lose 10 pounds is not within your control. Process oh. goals are within your control. Process goals look like I will go to the gym today for 20 minutes. Process goals look like I will track everything I eat regardless of what I eat today. So those are process goals, those are 100% within your control. Um, And those should be small, those should feel doable, those should feel like I can achieve those, and they should drive you towards the outcome. But the outcome goal is like the vision setter. It's like, it's like on the horizon of like where your eyes are tracking to. And the process goals are like the little steps that you take along the way to drive you towards the vision. So it's important like yeah, outcome goals should be crazy, like big. They should be like something that drives you, something that pushes you. But then we break those down into process goals that are very actionable, achievable, and a hundred percent within your control.
0: Got it. That makes so much sense. So do do you visualize? Are you, do you believe in visualization? I do
1: sometimes, especially before I get on and like teach or like do a class or something. Yeah. I will visualize what that looks like and how, how my clients receive it and how, like how it makes a difference in their life.
0: Did you do that with your own body when you were working to get? I, I pack? didn't
1: because that's been definitely part of my like growth process over the last five years, um, especially my business. So no, I didn't.
0: Interesting. That's interesting. My, my, my mom's a big proponent in visualization. She's like, anything that you want, like picture it first, one of my good friends, Meg Johnson, she will draw a picture of what she wants. She'll draw a picture of her doing something. She, and she's like, what, honestly, whatever I draw, it happens for me. So how have you been able to achieve so much success? Do you, it's, it's just put your head down and get to work. It is the willingness to set crazy goals and not attach
1: meaning to them because if you think about it so many of us are scared of failure yes so i have a, I, I have a unique perspective with failure i don't really think that it exists i think it's it just doesn't exist like failure yes. doesn't exist i always tell clients you get the result that you want or the lesson that you needed and oh, wow. getting the lesson that you needed is just as valuable in a lot of ways as getting the result that you want but when we label it as failure rather than a lesson, then we don't ever learn the lesson. We just right. sit there and say it was a failure, it was a failure, and we we gloss over the fact that there was a lesson. And you are going to be pre- presented that lesson as many times as it takes for you to learn it. And so it is it is much better to look for and learn the lesson that you can apply moving forward than to just deem it a failure and have to like go through that process over and over. So. I don't think that failure exists. I think that you get a result or a lesson, and they're both incredibly uh, valuable. So that has allowed me to set big, crazy goals and detach myself, or my self worth, or my meaning around them. That doesn't mean anything if I hit if I hit it, and it doesn't mean anything if I don't hit it. But because I'm willing to do that, I have been able to grow in ways that I never would have grown if I set little small goals that were realistic and didn't actually cause me to become a new person in order to achieve them. And so that I think has been one of the biggest things that I would pass off to anybody listening is like, if you want to grow and you're committed to growth, first of all, you got to step into the uncomfortableness of that. And you got to recognize that it's going to be uncomfortable. And if you're not willing to be uncomfortable, you're not going to grow. True. And second, be willing to set those big, huge goals that seem scary and seem like I don't even know how, how I can do it and detach yourself from the meaning of whether or not you hit it. I set goals all the time that I don't hit, but I recognize that if I do that, I'm always going to push harder than if I had set a smaller goal. And so it's that idea of like, yeah, it's big and I didn't quite hit it, but I hit 80% of it. And if I'd only set a goal for 50% of it, I would have only hit you know
0: 50% instead of the right. 80%. That's really interesting. That's like a really incredible way of thinking about life in general. Like what could you do if you weren't afraid of failing? You know, it's like that exactly. poster you see hanging in, you know, like what can you do if you couldn't fail? But honestly, it's it's kind of true. Like I love what you said, like you either get the result you want or the lesson that you needed. I mean, it's it's true. And like you mm-hmm. said, it, it, it doesn't matter if you didn't learn the lesson. There was still a lesson there. Mm-hmm. And if you keep failing, you'll keep learning until it's like, Oh, got it. Well, next time I'm going to do this and I'm going to change this next time. And then maybe you'll get that crazy, amazing result that you were working toward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the things when you can detach meaning around failure, you're unstoppable. That's hard to do. It is. And most of us hold ourselves back because we haven't figured out how to do that because we've attached so much meaning and our self-worth around those things around whether or not we fail the moment that you're able to detach yourself from that um, is the moment that you're able to like get out of your own way and stop self-sabotaging and actually be able to, to fly and re- reach the result because our brain doesn't like to like feel like we failed. Like our brain doesn't like right. that. our brain wants to be safe and our brain wants to like not be uncomfortable. Right. And so when, if you can attack unattached discomfort to the fact that you may fail, then your brain is like, okay, we can get out of our own way and we can go and achieve this
0: one of the reasons why i love um talking especially to like fitness instructors about you know goals and 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 doing good and things like that is because it's such a physical representation of yes. what we can do when we set our minds to something yes. and 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 it always involves discomfort it always involves pushing yourself beyond what you think what you can do and then it's like this physical manifestation, like look what can happen if you choose to do something really hard. But oftentimes we have to get into that uncomfortable space. So what would you, what advice would you give people that are like this like in the middle process? Like they've started and they're working towards it and it's just really hard and it takes a long time. Like even Mm -hmm. you say, Oh, eight weeks for me. I mean, obviously that's a very short time to get a six pack, like two months, but it's still two months. I mean, that's a long time, like of Mm -hmm. consistent day to day effort. And it happens like gram by gram, pound by pound, little by little ounce Mm -hmm. by ounce. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell people that are in that middle area? Like in the, in between that are like, okay, do i keep going do i not this is so hard
1: mm-hmm. yeah no and i think that's a it's again it's always good to be to be questioning like what is the cost benefit and i think at any point that the the cost outweigh the benefit then you can make a really empowered choice that like this is where you're going to maintain and, and hold fast and sometimes we get so attached to a number that like again it's this idea around failure that if i don't see that number on the scale then i've failed Rather than coming from a place of like, I hit halfway to that number, and I've decided that the costs outweigh the benefit, and I'm going to maintain here, and that is a success. Um, And so I think that needs to always be a conversation in women's minds about what is the cost-benefit analysis of continuing on in this journey. If someone's miserable, and they hate life, and they are mean to their kids, like... (laughs) girlfriend, like that, it may not be worth it right now. And like, yeah. we can make an empowered choice of like what that cost looks like. The second thing that I would say um, that I find working a lot with women is that we are really, really bad at seeing the growth that has already occurred and celebrating that. Yeah, like, A lot of us like want to look forward and be like, but I don't have that yet, but I haven't achieved mm-hmm. that rather than looking back and saying, but look what I have achieved and actually celebrating it. We're really good at doing this with our kids Right. If your kid's riding a bike and they ride for two feet, you're like, yes, you are so good. I'm so proud of you. Like, hi, high totally. high, do the yes. dance, like all the things. Right. We would never be like, well, why didn't you ride four feet? Right. Right. right? <laughs> it's are so you, true. But why do we do that? We, we do it we,
0: ourselves all be, the time
1: because we know that that that's motivating to that child. Right. And yet we don't apply that to ourselves. No, it's so so true. We don't celebrate those little wins. And so one of the things that I'm really big on with my clients is have like actively having them seek out the wins that they have and are having and celebrate the heck out of them. I love Uh, that. Rather than saying, but look how much farther I have to go. Let's look and see, but look how far I've already come and celebrate in the moment.
0: What I've shared this book so much on my podcast, but there's a book. It's called The Boy, the Horse, the Fox, and the Mole. And I always miss. I'm sure I messed up the order. The, the boy, order. the mole, the fox, the horse. The boy, the horse. Something like that. But um, by Charlie, and it's like Mansky. Mansky is his last name. But there's a picture in the book, and it's the little boy. They're looking at a horizon. They've just come out of a big forest, and they're looking at the horizon way above and beyond. There's like a lake and some some mountains in the background. The boy says. Look how far we have to go. We have so far to go. And the horse says, Yes, but look how far we've come. Mm -hmm. And I love that quote of like, oh my gosh, you've traveled a hundred miles. And yeah, maybe there's still 50 to go, but look at what you've done. So I love that you brought that up. That there's look, it's it's better to look at the process Mm -hmm. and 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 the progress Mm -hmm. of of things instead of oh, always think, but, 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 you know, and not recognizing, oh, but I still have so much far to go. So how can we do this? Because women sometimes, um, it, I know a lot of women and, and myself included that sometimes we want it, like when we're in, we're all in and we can sometimes get laser focused and maybe even take things to the extreme. So how do we not let this like overtake our lives and, and be on our phones all the time, entering macros and be at the gym all the time and let it affect, you know, how we mother and, 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 and being a wife and all the other important things. Is it okay to be laser focused for a while on something? Or would you say, no, there still has to be balance and not, not taking it to the extreme.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're going to do what works for your life, but what you're, what you're talking about is that classic all or nothing mentality that, Our brains love to default to. We love to default to either I'm all in or I'm all out. Which is why most women have never experienced intentional maintenance. It's like either I'm on a diet or I'm way off a diet. Yep. Um, There's no middle ground. Either I'm going to the gym five days a week, or if I can't make it five days a week, well then I might as well not go any days a week. Right. Um, If I'm gonna doesn't make any (laughs) sense. Right. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna hit my macros, and if I don't hit my macros today, then I'm not gonna track anymore. I'm done. Yep. (laughs) Right. Like so, we just default to this all or nothing mentality, and so the first thing that's really important is just to bring awareness to that. It's not bad or good that we do that, but it is our default. And if you leave your settings on default, you're going to get default results. <laughs> and we all know what default results look like. Yep. And so one of the things that I do with clients is helping to them to move past that like all or nothing thinking and move into like, what is one choice that I can make today that will move me towards the goal that I have. I I think that's a really fabulous question to be asking. Again, we're going to go back to the beginning. We're wrapping this back to the beginning of the episode. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask.
0: Yes. And
1: if you're asking questions like that, you, what is the one thing that I can do that is going to move me closer to my goal today? Then you're going to get a really good answer rather than feeling like you have to log all your food, drink all the water, get enough sleep, reduce your stress, go to the gym, like weigh every single little thing that you, that you eat. And so, this is where I coach a lot of clients who tend to, when we get into this process, they go to that diet or mentality. Yeah. I have to hit my macros. Yeah. I have to go to the gym. And instead, what I start to coach them through is the idea of this, like, you don't have to do anything. Like you have choices and we're going to always weigh the, the consequences of that choice and see how your body responds. But Whether or not you track those macros, you ate them. So what would happen if you just logged them anyway and brought awareness to that without judgment? And so we do a lot of things where we're bringing awareness to what you're already doing and the results that it's creating without judging it so that you can then move forward and make new choices that are going to drive you towards the results that you want to have. So I would say for somebody who feels like they either have to be all on or all off, that you choosing to be all on is exactly what is keeping you from getting the results that you want. Yes. So what would it look like okay. to scale that back and go halfway in and actually make long term progress? Because we have this idea, like our brains are so funny. We have this idea that if we go all in, we're going to get faster results. Yep. But if you're listening to this, you might have probably had the experience of going all in and then going all out, and you don't actually get the results. So we have right. this idea it's going to be faster if we go all in but then it's actually slower because you end up giving up. Yes. So what would happen if you just took one step today that got you closer to your goal and then tomorrow took another step and then tomorrow took another step. Our brains want to say that'll be slower, but is it really slower? (laughs) Because, because it's continuing progress. You. It's exactly. gonna actually get you there rather than having you like fall off the wagon. Because
0: you're not giving up. Yeah. And exactly. so
1: sometimes it's like the tortoise and the hair, right? I was like just gonna say like that the slow slower continual process is actually gonna help you to win the race, whereas yes. the hair is gonna burn out.
0: That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking when you were saying that. Like, okay, slow and steady, one step at a time, just slowly progressing towards your goal. Yeah. So, Amber, I want to know what is the most Important or life changing question that you have asked yourself, fitness related or not?
1: Oh man, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I think the biggest question that I have that I continually ask myself, and I think we all should continue asking ourselves, is what do I want?
0: What do I want?
1: Because I think, and this is something I teach in the, in the realm of like goal setting as well, is that if you have a desire for something, you already have the ability to achieve it. Mm. I, I don't believe that God gives us desires for things that we can't do.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: And so if you have a desire for something, you have a want for something, that inherently means that it is within your ability to achieve it. And so by continuing to ask yourself, what do I want? we're able to tune into those desires that I I think are God given. I think those desires are God given and lead us through the path. That's going to be the most beneficial and the most growth oriented for us. And so if you're continuing to ask yourself, what do I want and not what can I accomplish? What is possible for me? Like what, like what is realistic, but what do I want? You're going to be led down the path. that's going to be really good for you. And Not everybody wants to get a six pack. Not everybody wants to start a business. Not everybody wants to be a mom, right? Like, but if you're honoring those things that you want, you're going to be able to share your talents to the world in a way that is unique to you. You're going to be able to grow in the way that is unique to you. You're going to be able to follow the path that our heavenly father has set out for you in how you're going to be able to be able to grow. And so asking myself that question, what do I want is a powerful thing to reflect on all the time.
0: That is really powerful. And it goes back to what you said about everything you need to succeed is inside of you. And if we're constantly asking ourselves that question, what's important to me? And then adding, I would add to what does Heavenly Father want for me? And, And so what do I want? And oftentimes I feel like Heavenly Father is supportive of what we want. If it's a good thing, it's a healthy goal, it'll improve our lives. He says, yes, do it. If it's not, he'll probably let us know. And if we're asking those questions, we'll be able to realize, oh, this is something that is maybe not good for me or Mm -hmm. right now, maybe not the right timing. But when what we want and what he wants aligns, then I agree with you. I think we're capable of, yes, magic Mm -hmm. happens. We're capable of doing so much more and we're we're really the ones that hold ourselves back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amber, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today for sharing all your advice with us and for all the good you are doing. Where can people go if they're like, this resonated with me? I want to learn more about how I can do this in my life. Yeah,
1: that's a great question. So we're on a podcast. I would assume anybody listening to this is a podcast listener. So the best way to connect with me is probably through my podcast, which is Biceps After Babies Radio. We have a ton of episodes that that kind of go through a lot of what we shared today and and really break it down into like actionable steps for you to be taking in your fitness journey. And then I'm very active over on Instagram. So I'm at biceps after babies and then our website is bicepsafterbabies.com
0: perfect. I encourage everyone to go check it out and if anything just to be inspired. I love that you're very open with your journey. You're very open with where you were, where you got to, where you are and and what's important to you. And women don't feel, well, at least I don't feel intimidated by you. It's I I feel inspired by you because you're very authentic and real. It's not like look at me. It's hey, this is what I've achieved and guess what you can too. I love that about you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Check out other doing good podcasts exclusive to the art turtle house app. And Amber, so, so grateful. I was able to talk with you today. Thank you so much for all the good you're doing. Thanks for listening to this episode of doing good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside our turtle house at our turtle house. There's something for the whole family from full egg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to ourturtlehouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.